Well, welcome to another episode here at Hack Your Finances, where we talk all things money, but with a fresh perspective, helping you go to the next level in your finances, in your generosity, being able to live an abundant life. And today I'm excited because I uh, we have our very first guest on the podcast, Pastor Eli Let's go. Nelson. Uh, bro, I'm so pumped to have you on this podcast. Looking we forward to it. go back a long time. I was I was thinking about it. I was like, I don't know if we're quite at two decades, um, but at least 15 years. At least. At least 15 years. Um, and so I'll give the 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 listeners a little bit of a, a like insight into who you are, but you are my pastor of My City Church. Um, I think you, I'm super pumped to have you on this podcast. I think you bring a very unique perspective when it comes to money and when it comes to finances. Um, you help run a business, glass business here in Omaha, super successful prior to, to being a lead pastor. You've always been a guy that's about building the kingdom, building God's house and doing it the right way and handling your money the right way and handling church money the right way. And so, yeah, I'm just excited to dive into any and all of those topics um, and just hearing about how God's, you know, moved in our church, moved in you. And uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm really pumped to, to chat more about that. Well, coming back to a little bit info about you, Clyde, is you're actually the first person to ever knock me out. That's, that is true. That, that is true. <laughs> I, uh, I've always uh, wanted to have a rematch now that we're, now that you're substantially larger than me, but. Uh, it was so much that people thought we were a match to have together. <laughs> Back then, I was so much smaller that they thought it was a fair match for us to have a little boxing match with no headgear. And <laughs> I think we had mouth guards, though. We had but, we had mouth guards, yeah. yeah. Although I uh, only to be fair, I think it's always worth saying that uh, you got right back up and uh, knocked my clock off. I so. think I went crazy. Does that to me? Went into survival mode, basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that was a lot of fun, and I, I don't know if we'd ever do that again. I think we're a little bit older now, and you think so? I don't know. It'd be fun. I'm kind of worried that you know. Maybe we'd have headgear. That'd be yeah, fun. definitely yeah. headgear. Yeah. yeah, can't can't break the money maker. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, man, I'd lo- I'd love to hear. You know, for for everybody who's tuning in, um, you know, I'd love just to hear a little bit of your heart. I th- when I think of you, and I think about what you've been doing here at My City Church, like you're just a guy that like just has a, a big heart of following Jesus, being obedient to Him, and having vision. And I'd love to hear like kind of your journey of like getting a hold of vision in your heart and um, running at that faithfully. Yeah, that would, uh, well, first of all, I'm super honored to be on the podcast and to be even just chatting with my bro here. And and uh, so I believe this is going to help a lot of people. And I'm excited to see where Hack Your Finances is yeah. going because I went through it myself. And I thought, man, this is going to be such a blessing to the church. And when I say the church, I mean every single believer in Christ that there's just another revelation that comes with being a good godly steward of what mm. God has entrusted you with. So I'm super honored to be on the podcast today and really excited to see how God and where God is going to take you and and your wife as well in the years, months and years to come. Yeah. So um well so yeah, as a as a business uh leader, I was a big part of my dad's construction business. So it's known as a glazier. Not a lot of people knew what a glazier was. So I'd say, I put in windows and they're like, oh, so like you, I work, I said, I work with glass and they're like, oh, so you like blow glass. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like storefronts. And I, I put in, so we actually did fairly well. We put in our, uh, we had a niche and what that was, was there was a demand for not a lot of lead time. So you call us up and we can get stuff in in two weeks, mm. not two months. So my dad found a niche and he's like, that's the role 
that I am going to fill, mm. not in an effort to make money, but an effort to fix a problem, mm. right? Which I think is a great perspective that every single business leader, leader needs to have. You're not trying to make money. You won't make money. But if you solve someone's problem, if you approach your business in a way to help someone, naturally people are going to pay you to solve their problems. So that was kind of the environment that I was thrusted into. I say thrusted because my dad had a tough time finding some employees, high driven, you know, long hours, you know, they, they run to go get tools. They don't yeah. walk there. And uh, he, he's like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own. That's how he <laughs> says. He's like, I birthed you into this world so I could have a great employee. <laughs> you know, that's, but, an, that's another hack for business owners. If you can't find good <laughs> employees, you make them. <laughs> exactly. And so that was me and my four brothers. We were a big part of the company. And, and uh, you know, I, I felt like God, had something upon my life, you know, as I was working, uh, building buildings. And, uh, you know, I, I never thought I was going to be in ministry. Uh, mm -hmm. never wanted to be a pastor. Um, but I felt like there's this, there's the idea of, I never thought, or I never really want to, but it's like, yeah, I kind of feel like God's like got something else. Cause usually God will, sometimes God will call you to things that cause you to die to yourself mm -hmm. and tie to your, your own visions, not realizing that that was the dream all along. Wow. And what I found out is I, I ended up going to Bible college just so I could give tools so God could use me because my life really got changed in high school. And, and then I, I went into construction and didn't really turn back. I was like, God, if you want me in ministry, I'm open to it. So continuing to further my education, uh, I was listening to podcasts nonstop, not with the idea that I'd work at a church, mm. but I just wanted to give God stuff to use. So you would catch me all the time with with headphones in, listening to different books, different podcasts. Um, I think I had all of Elevation Worship, Elevation Church's podcast all the way back to 2008, back when wow. they had like their core value series, and I listened to it all wow. at the beginning. And I encountered God several times on the job site, which, by the way, it doesn't you don't have to encounter God just in church. Yeah, you can encounter Amen. Him in your drive. Uh, to work at work as well. I mean, I mean, if you're a doctor, you probably shouldn't be listening to worship music while you're performing <laughs> research or something like that, but. <laughs> Uh, and then a, a moment came where God was like, hey, um, I prepared you for this. And so it was just a drastic change yeah. in a moment in my life. And so I found myself going from one profession to another that are actually very similar. Mm. I didn't really realize how similar they were in the words I've prepared you for this. And I, I go back to building buildings, right? So every single building has different components. I was part of the exterior. I was putting in windows storefronts, entrances. But I found out that as a pastor, it's not necessarily the exterior of the building that matters most, but it's every component. Mm. And so God kind of took me, he said, you were building physical buildings. Now I want you to build mine. Wow. I want you to build my house. And I was like, okay. So I had to take a moment. All right, God, I can just start on the windows or do I have to start on the foundation? And that's what I found over yeah. the last two and a half years that I've been in the position. God's like, what are you building this upon? And so as our church, we've really taken a, a focus, like we can have great systems and I love systems. And I think there's some really great ones out there that can help. God was about systems. He had the ark, the tabernacle, and he's like very intricate details of how things would play out. Uh, but all of that was built around his presence. Yeah. And I found like, okay, if there's going to be anything foundational, you know, it's got to be the presence and the power of God. Like mm. we found out through COVID that there's a lot of things that were tested and and I feel like for every single individual, you can go back to a moment where you've encountered God. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily where you're taken through a course or through a class. All that stuff is good, right? But I would call those like the structural parts, yeah. not the foundation, Yep. right? So you start in the foundation and then you build from there. So I've been able to see how God used what he brought me through 
as a glazier mm. to now what he's bringing me through as a pastor. Wow. And so it's like the idea of God prepares you for what he's called you to. Mm. Absolutely. So you never forsake the season you're in trying to get to the next one. Yeah. Because you'll never learn what you need to learn in order to carry what God's calling you mm. to carry. And so I found that I have one life. So I'm not waiting to live my next life and my next season and my mm. next calling. Well, one day when my kids move out, then I'm going to be able to know like, this is my life. Yeah. So I'm going to take it for what it's worth. Everything that I've got, every opportunity that I get, this is what I'm called to right now. And that's what I found. And I'm still learning. <laughs> I'm, I'm 32 years old and I'm still trying to figure out, okay, God, uh, what do you have for me right now that I'm learning? And I found that God opens up doors and he opens up opportunities that I don't know if I wasn't prepared, not necessarily that I'm prepared for them, but that if I wasn't digging in the season that I had prior, yeah, that I would be able to receive the blessing when it came. Yeah. You know, there's there's something that I, th- that I think is super interesting um, that is kind of throughout your whole story where you were talking about like, man, I was just growing. I was like listening to everything. I was consuming stuff. And even there you're ending with like, I'm still growing. Absolutely. And so I'd love to hear like what, what has caused that in you? And like, what, what are some practical ways that like people can like grab a hold of that? Because I found that not everybody is wired to like constantly be a grower or a learner, but like what, what's caused that to, to ignite in you? I, I honestly think at the root of it, it's the book of Proverbs. Hmm. So since I was probably 17 years old, my mom gave me a Bible reading plan and in it, it had a proverb a day. And I've heard the saying, a proverb a day keeps the devil away. <laughs> I'm like, it's true to an extent, but it constantly talks about how the wise wisdom is found in the abundance of counsel Yeah, to seek wisdom above all else, find wisdom. Yeah. Like, and you find like, you find pathways of life. And so big fan of that. And just, that just kind of taught me that I don't know it all. Mm. And I think I've carried my perspective in life and everything really that anyone can teach me anything. Yeah, The poorest person can teach me how to be happy without great. an abundance of resources. Right. And the richest person can teach me that even if you have all the things in the world, you can still be unhappy. Yeah. I remember watching this short real quick on YouTube about this guy. He was a billionaire in a private jet and he was talking about, you know, I had my, my family, my kids, and I'm a billionaire now. Um, but we got divorced and now I never see my kids. I see him like once a month. And he's like, you, it may be hard for people to understand, but I would give up all of this mm. in the effort to be with my kids again mm. on a regular basis. And it's like, I can learn from that. Yeah, I can learn from, from anyone. And I think the moment that I did that is the moment that I feel like I can't learn anymore. I've stopped. Mm. My mom always taught me, she said, Eli, even though you graduate from high school, because I, I was homeschooled, and she said, even though you graduate, doesn't mean that you ever stop learning. Mm. Learning is a lifestyle. It's not a class. Life is a class. Wow. Wow. I think, um, dude, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, there's something that I, I'd love to dig a little deeper in, even just around that, like YouTube short that you're talking about. But I think um, when I think about big vision, or even when I think about just like building, building God's house, building a business, there's sacrifice attached yeah. to it. Um, and I think that like, even that guy had mentioned that he was like, man, I gave up these mm. things. There was a price tag attached to me now being a millionaire or billionaire, being on a jet. How, how have you navigated that journey? of like counting the cost, what sacrifices and what you weren't willing to sacrifice. Um, Cause I think that that I, we've had some conversations around that of like, of just like awakening of like, man, there's some price tags. I'm just not willing to like, I'm not willing to sacrifice X for Y. Yeah. Um, and how have you navigated that in, in your journey? Um, whether it's from serving, being a pastor, building a business and being able to draw like those lines and boundaries. 
I would say it, it has a perspective on the one thing money can't buy, and that's time. Mm. So wherever you put your time, your biggest regret is not going to be what you've made, but what you can't get back. So you can make money your entire life. Yeah. So you have to be able to look at your life and say, what can I not get back? What can I steward right now? So for some people, it's like, hey, to be honest, you might not be able to run a marathon when you're 50. Maybe, who knows? If you're like training really hard, I'm sure there's plenty of people that have, right? But one thing I know is that my kids will only be four years old once. Mm. So like Kelly, she, my wife, she has uh, she has her master's degree and, and she's like, well, man, I feel like we did that and I'm not making any money towards that. And I'm like, well, maybe there's some opportunity, but with the season that we are in right now is we got four little ones. And if we have four little ones, we won't have four little ones for very long. And one thing that the, on the idea that if I'm always learning, every adult said it, they grow up so fast. So I took a moment and I'm like, if I'm hearing every adult say that, every parent say that, then maybe they do really grow up so fast. Now is the idea that they grow up fast or I actually wasn't really present. So that by the time Ooh. I recalled what had happened, it was too late to do anything about it. Wow. And so I'm a person, you know me, I'm a person I'm always capturing stuff on my phone. Like if yeah. there's any video of anything yeah, that has yeah. happened, you're like, guys, Eli's got it on his phone. You know, like <laughs> I pay for money to be able to access that at any moment. Yeah. Right. So I have it on Amazon photos and that's just the cheapest way I found that. I want to be able to access my memories. Um, because I, I say it to my wife, like the reason why I record stuff is because I'm not good, that good at remembering stuff. And I feel like if you never remember your life, did you ever really live it? Wow. So if I want to live a life that is fulfilling, I got to be able to remember. And sometimes some parents in here, this might be able to help. They think, man, I was just never really present. Well, you might've been more present than you think you were. You just might not have captured the moment. Mm. But when you go through like, and you're like, wow, actually we did go here and we did go there and we did go. And, and then you got to dive into the idea of like, what are your kids really looking for? And where do they find most love from you? It's like, I asked Winston, I was like, Winston, when do you feel like you're, you're most loved by me. Is it when we cuddle together? Cause I'm thinking like, okay, cause some parents like to approach it, loving their kids in a way that helps them feel better, mm. not how it helps their kid feel better. Ooh. So who's, who are you really loving? Are you loving yourself? Wow. Or are you loving your kids? That's so great. So you have to be able to ask your kids, how do you feel loved by me? And Winston just says this, he says this real simple, when you play with me, mm. I'm like, so like, what about when I cuddle with you? He's like, well, that too, but like mostly when you play with me. I'm like, okay, well, all right. So I'm trying to make it more point. How does he receive love? That's how I'm going to give love. Wow. And I found that as I start to fill his cup, my cup actually becomes full. Mm. But when I fill my cup, I'm actually the motivation of the love that I'm giving. And is that really love? And so we found out an idea of there's certain things that we have to trust God with and certain things that we have been entrusted with to steward. Mm. And what I found is that our kids have been given to us. They will not have any other dad. My wife will not have any other husband. Yep. So I know that has been given to me. Mm. Our church can find another pastor. Mm. And frankly, people do. I mean, I've had different pastors in my life. I've found different pastors and I've been fine, but I've only had one dad. We had one mom. Mm. And I've only had certain brothers. Like th so those are like the relationships that I know God has given me. Yeah. So I'm called first to steward that. Yeah. How how do you how do you like navigate that I don't know if there's a tension in your soul that you feel. I'll share my like my tension that I feel sometimes. I think it's something that I'm like currently navigating. I'm working a W two job, you know, full time. We're building hack your finances and have two kiddos, a four year old, 
a one-year-old um, and a wife and like juggling all of the plates and, and trying to keep keep on top of it. And I constantly, I feel this tension of like hack your finances is birthed out of burden. It's not a, it's not birthed out of like, well, I, like this sounds like a fun thing to do or like I need to do it to like make more money or whatever. Like it's none of that. It's bur- it's birthed out of burden. And so I'm, I'm trying to navigate this. Like I feel such a distinct burden to, to help people. Um, and navigating the, like, I am fully present dad. I'm fully present husband. I serve in our local church. I'm fully present in my job and doing hack your finances. And like, I don't feel like it's a prioritization, but like, how do you navigate the, like the internal feeling of like, I don't feel like there's enough to give. Hmm. Um, and maybe that's not, I don't know, maybe that's something that like, isn't a tension point for you, but is like my active thing that I'm trying to navigate is like how to, yeah, how, how to navigate that, that tension of like burden, purpose, passion, and priorities. Well, let me ask you the question. If that burden, passion, priorities wasn't there, what would you do? Oh, yeah. I mean, the really honest answer is, um, I mean, I, I love, I love spending time with my kids. Yeah. Like I, I, I made my wife joke and she's like, oh, maybe I'll be a stay at home mom. And, uh, and we've talked and I'm like, I don't know. I think I'd rather be a stay at home dad. Cause I just like, <laughs> I just love the, like the playing with them. Like I, the, nothing makes me more pumped. I'm like, I'm going to leave work early this Friday and yeah. take him to the zoo because yeah. like, and make memories and like create moments. And, um, that's why we even part of like why we vacation so much is it's just like, how do we create the moments that we'll yeah. remember? And not saying that like you can't make memories and moments in the mundane. Cause I think both are actually super needed. Um, cause if all you remember is the mountaintops, like mm-hmm. that's actually, uh, there's not a whole lot of oxygen up there. So you can't live up there. You need you know? those valleys yeah. to be able to create the mountaintops, yeah. you know? And so, yeah. So I think that that's like, that's the interesting thing, but I, I'll, I'll go back to like, if those things weren't there, I actually don't know because like, I'm so thankful that they are there. Yeah. Um, it's the whole, like, now I'm not about to compare hack your finances to Jesus dying on the cross, but he's like, man, if there's any other way, take a cup from me. Yeah. And like, I've, I've, I've asked that of God, I'm like, God, if there's any other way, like help me not like remove some of this burden that I feel in my heart to like live this life. And God goes, I can, but I don't think you actually want, like, mm-hmm. I don't want you to, yeah, I don't think you great. want me to. And I've, that's the thing that I've like now, I've now settled into is I've now gone, man, I actually am thankful for the burden that I feel. Now I'm just asking, how do I carry it better? Yeah. Cause there's some people that look at their kids as burdens, mm. as hindrances. That's, that's a whole, whole conversation. Do yeah. what God has called them to do. And it's like, hold on a second. Like if you're looking at them as a burden, they will be a burden. Mm. But if you're looking at them as a blessing, yep. guess what? They're going to be a blessing. Yeah. Oh, I can't do as much as I, I, I want to do now. It's like, hold on a second. Like this is your life. So love on your kids and you won't have them very long. Uh, and if they feel like a burden, if you are a burden and you feel like they're a burden to you, they're going to feel like a burden to mm-hmm. you and they won't feel like a priority to you. But I, I more so speak on an, an idea of, of mindset, like how you think about something. And I think a lot of parents are frustrated with the idea of they never feel like they have enough time to be able to do stuff with their kids. Well, first of all, mindset, you actually have more time than you think you do. Mm-hmm. Just log how much you're on your phone when you're at home. So sometimes when I'm at home, I'll put my phone in the drawer and I'll put on do not disturb. And Love it. Like even last night, someone called me at like 10 o'clock. I was like, bro, I was in bed. I was sleeping. I was like, <laughs> I, was, I was spending some time with my wife and and uh, don't get me wrong. Like I'm not perfect. And I have times where I was like, man, you know what? I, I should have spent more time. I should have been more present. But it's that very conflict that you have that actually causes you to be a better parent Mm. if you weren't aware of the fact that you were not present that would actually be worse Mm. 
than being aware of the fact that you were not present. So it's like, it's the tension. It's a mindset of the tension that I'm going to embrace the fact to where sometimes I'm uncomfortable because I have feel like I have been away from my family for a period of time in a way that I can channel it that can cause me to be more present when I'm actually there rather than just being downcasted. Man, I'm just a bad dad. No, that's not the case. The very fact. So I'm going to welcome that feeling. Yeah as an opportunity to be a better parent, as an opportunity to be a better husband, as an opportunity to be a better friend. That if I feel like I haven't chatted someone, so what am I gonna do about it now? Am mm -hmm. I gonna live down in the dumps about how I feel about how I'm doing in terms of my priorities and how I'm doing in terms of like giving the church all I got and then giving my wife all I got and then giving my kids all I got? Because I think there'd be a lot of people, especially high value, high driven people that are the target, like this, this that are gonna be listening to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Like how can I do better? Yeah, For the most of the part, most of the time you're going to be thinking, how do I do better when I feel like I'm giving it all I've got? Mm. And I think just giving that, having that perspective, like one, always thinking that I can give more, but I feel like I, can, I can't give anymore. But it's all about mindset. Mm. I have more than enough to do what God has called me to do. So there's sometimes wow. when I feel like I've given all that I've got and, and I'll sit in the driveway just for a moment. I say, God, I thank you for your Holy Spirit that always leads me in your triumphal procession. God, I pray right now that you would give me the strength to be the dad I'm called to be, to be the husband I'm called to be. So as I get out of the car, I'm leaving my work there. I'm leaving my back pain in mm. the car. I'm going to get out and my kids, if they want to do a running hug where I'm like, ah, oh, my back, you know, no running hugs today. I'm like, <laughs> screw it. My back is fine. And I found, dude, it's, it's like mind over matter to an extent. Like I found that the moment I step in the door, I'm smiling. Yeah. Guys, it's so great to see it. Not knowing that I just had someone chew me out about how I was pastoring the church. Mm. And it's like, I my kids don't deserve that. My wife doesn't deserve that. Yeah. So it's not an effort necessary that you're, you're separating everything. But in order for me to give my full attention to the people where I'm at and where I'm present, I almost do have to be able to separate. I'm not going to bring that into this mm. conversation, even though I'm upset about something over here that my wife doesn't deserve that. Mm -hmm. Now, if she asks, then by all means, I can share it with her. Yeah. But I found that that has really helped just taking a moment just to think, where am I? How do I be present, fully present? Yeah. Like my phone right now is on do not disturb, yeah. right? Because I wanted to be fully present right here with my bro and I want to be able to chat about yeah. things and, and I, I'm enjoying this to the fullest yeah. because I choose to. Yeah, I, I think and love that you open this conversation about like, man, it's about the foundation. And I love that our whole yeah. conversation has been foundational things where it's like, man, if people might be listening to this podcast, you're like, this, we're not talking about money. We're not talking about business, like business. And you're like, no, no, but these are the mm. foundational things that you got too many people that are like, I want to build this big old business, but it's like, well, your, your home's a wreck, your family's mm. a wreck. And so, yeah, these are the things that you're actually going to be able to build upon. And uh, I, I know too many people that have big aspirations, big goals, big desires. But when, when push comes to shove, you go like that, that tower ain't going to stand because the foundation that you're building upon your family, your faith, your relationship with God, your relationship mm -hmm. with your kids, those things. Um, are in shambles. And it makes it really, really hard to run hard to build anything significant if those things aren't actually in order. Um, and so I, I just, I love that that foundation is is a part of you, who you are in your character. You said something um, just a few seconds ago where you said, God has given me, I have everything I need to walk out the things that God has for me today. And you're talking about that in your family, but I love to like shift that. And when it comes to like the, that statement, but in regards to leading our church and leading, like we're right now, we're actively praying for building and praying for land, praying, praying for God to open up the right doors um, for our church. And so for any of our listeners, if you have a building 
in Omaha, Nebraska, and you're looking to bless a church that's growing, that's honoring to God, uh, feel free to reach out. We'd love to chat with you. Um, but back to the question, um, how do you, yeah, how do you navigate that? Like, tell, tell me more of like your journey of that statement in terms of leading our church with big vision going, man, I've got so we've talked about it. Like I've got so much big vision of what the next three years, five years could look like, but I know right now I've got what I need. Yeah. And great question because it took everything within me not to go off into that tangent. When I mentioned that, I'm like, I'm like, I got everything that I need as a dad. Also like finances is so true. Like there's a great book by Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And it basically describes like the mindset of really an entrepreneur or successful entrepreneur at that is, is that you're, you're approaching something not I will never be able to, but how can I? So when you're looking at a car, you're, you're not saying I'll never be able to buy that car, but you actually say, well, how can I? Mm buy that car? How could I afford it? Mm. And that was really freeing for me because I understood that I have everything I need to do what God has asked me to do. Mm. So some people look at it as when I get enough, then I'll give, right? Which isn't actually the case. It's actually, what if once you give, you realize you have more than enough? Yep. So I've realized there's some people with $50,000 a year in their paycheck that give. And there's some people that make $150,000 a year that actually have no margin Mm. to be able to put God first in their finances through the tithe. And so even as a pastor, my whole life I've tithed. Yeah. Even as a pastor, I tithe. Yeah. Right. And some people are like, well, you like the, the man of God type stuff. Do you really tithe? It's like, I know that I have been entrusted mm-hmm. with resources and it's my duty to be able to give back to God the first 10%. Yeah. And especially if I'm going to be asking my church to, I better be one that is living, eating, breathing that. Right. So, it, and really it's a conviction that was instilled in me as a, as a child and I can tell you that um, there's been seasons in our lives personally where we've had more than enough. Mm. And there's been seasons in our lives where we're like writing the the, the check to pay for our, our apartment's rent. And we're like, oh, this is like, oh, this is frustrating. And at the same time, and what we found out is that we've never been in need. Mm. We've never been, in, yeah, surely there's wants, but I can tell you there's always something you can want. Mm. The moment you have, I, went, I was watching this video of a guy driving a Lamborghini and he's looking over at the Bugatti. I'm like, oh. hold on a second. Like the, the, the Lamborghini, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, but I want that. It's like, there will always be something more that you can want. Mm. So there is a level of biblical truth that godliness with contentment is great gain. Yeah. Right. So do you have enough to do what God has? Well, one day when, then I'll be able to, I can tell you, you never will be mm. able to. Mm. You'll never start. So there's things in our lives and things that God's called our church to that are, that are burning inside my heart, whether it be things like, uh, recovery homes, uh, academy, because biblical education is so imperative yeah, right now. And so yeah. it's been burning upon Kelly and my heart. We homeschool our kids. And uh, we believe that Omaha, especially the area around Omaha, needs to have biblically-based education. And that's burning on our hearts. And so people kind of ask, like, when is that going to start? And I'm like, you know what? I've been waiting on God. But at the same time, I feel like God's saying, hey, mm. I've been waiting on you. Mm. Right? So wow. some people fall into that camp where they're like, God, once you open the door, then I'll walk through it. And it's like, hold on a second. Wow. Like, what if, when are you going to knock? Mm. You know? So right now what we're looking at is we're starting to prepare the stuff and uh, to be able to develop an academy already. Yeah. And it's like, well, how do we do that if we don't have the space? I don't know. But if we don't, if the moment we find the space, that's when we start. Tell you what, we're not going to be ready to run through the door when it opens. Yeah. Right. So yeah. right now what we found is that we're not waiting for the door to open to be ready for the door to open. That's so good. Right. That's so, that's so good. I, I think, um, you know, to help some of our other, li- some of our listeners, you might be thinking like, oh, I'm not building a church building or I'm not building an academy for, for a church. Um, I just want to tell you that's so applicable to every space of business mm-hmm. that, um, I think of like real estate is one of those things where people are like, ah, oh, I just can't get into it. I don't have enough money. 
I don't have like I have I don't have mm. enough tools. I don't like it's always that like place of like lack of like poverty of like I just don't we don't have enough to do the X thing. And what I found is whether it's real estate, whether it's like vision, like if you've got a great deal, you can always find money. Mm. Like if, if you're trying like if you if you found Absolutely. a property for a million dollars that somebody's selling for two hundred K, you could go find two hundred K. You know what I mean? Like for for any listeners out there, you're like, I don't know how to do this because I don't have enough cash money. Like you find a great deal, you can go find money. And I feel, I actually believe that when it comes to, to vision where I'm going, man, it's there and I'm pumped because I know that the work's going into it and I'm, I'm excited to see people grab a hold of that and go, I can sew into that. I can invest in that. I'm willing to, to, to give to that. I believe whether it's through this podcast in the name of Jesus, or just even through our church where people have that ignited in their hearts and they go, man, I want to sew into that. Um, because I a hundred percent agree. I think that there's such a need in Omaha, a need in the U S a need in our world. Um, to see God's church expand. And I, I do believe that that includes like great biblical education yeah. and great biblical teaching like that. We could go into a whole history lesson of uh, education in the church and everything like that, but I'm it, so pumped for it. Well, even if you're, if you're talking about that idea of I have more than enough to do what God has called me to do, whether that be starting a business. And if you find a deal, you will find the way to get the money for it. And I go back to even my idea of saying like, well, I just felt like God was calling me to something. So I'm going to start digging now. Mm. Like I'm going to start digging now. Wow. So what does that mean? That's educating yourself now. Some people are waiting for the right deal and the right house to buy. And they're like, just, I just wish there was someone in my world to tell me why. So next time they'll tell you again. So you're going to buy that house that they told you. Wow. And then you're not going to do anything until they tell you again. Or you actually get educated in what to look for mm. in a good deal. And there'll be some times where you screw up, mm-hmm. but that's an expensive lesson. Some of my most expensive lessons was when I was day trading. Mm. I made a lot of money day trading and I lost, lost a lot of money day trading. <laughs> I made more than I lost, but that's always good. Yeah. Right? But it, it's the idea of like, I'm going to educate myself. I didn't just go into it, but I bought a course. I got trained by a professional and, and I, I knew that I wasn't just going to jump into it haphazard and throw 50 or a hundred grand into the stock market and just, Hey, it's like gambling. Cause some people do that. Sure. And so they'll throw themselves into real estate and they'll buy a house and it's like, Hey, like, did you even check like why the house was so cheap? Mm. Right. So we're looking at land for our church and like, man, this seems like a really good deal, but we got a good architect that's looking. He's like, you know, this is like in 10% floodplain, right? It's like, ah. And he's like, you actually can only put like a 2000 square foot building because the rest is all floodplain. I'm like, well, that makes sense. But anyone just sees a good deal and I'm going to throw money at it. And it's like, no, 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 no. Properly educate yourself. Yeah. Right. Find out why is it so good of a deal. And then what that does is it trains you to find the right deal. Right, because that may not be the one, but it may be the one that leads to the one because yep. you took the time to actually find what am I looking for, whether it be in a fixer upper, something that has a high rate return on your rent if you're renting it out, or if you're Airbnb it out, you're trying to find like what is going to give me the best return. The best thing you can do is educate yourself, mm. right? And now rather than just well, I'm going to watch this thing and I'm going to find a coach and I'll just ask the coach. No, no, no. Basically, they're just doing it for you. And frankly, what I found is some of the bad coaches will then just do it. Mm. So it's like, if you want to find a good deal, you're competing against the other hundreds and thousands of people that are also trying to find a good deal. Yep. So it is a level of there's competition and that's why the best stand out. Like, so as, as a, a, an employee or a husband that's providing for his family, you're competing against every other person in the, in the region, in the city that mm. you're at to find a job, to take care of your family. Mm. Right. And so to, to the best educated, to the best worker. Right. So if you, if some of the people that are competition based, it's like that might be a little bit of fuel for your fire a little bit. And there, if you're, if you're looking for a certain house, you're competing against, guess what? 
every other person that's looking for a house. And so I'm looking at the real estate market right now and people are thinking, man, it's just a, maybe a tough time to buy. And I know what are, what's going to happen with the prices. I saw this meme. It was like a, a, a next gen person waiting for the housing market to crash. And it was just a video of a truck about to crash for like <laughs> for like 30 <laughs> seconds. It's like, and it's like, it's never going to crash. And it's like, I don't know. We don't know what the future holds. It's yeah. only crashed twice in the, in the history of the housing market. And it's like, so keeping that as perspective, but we've had just the conviction. It's like you accumulate re- real estate. Sometimes you can sell it. Uh, some people do sell it. And frankly, land and real estate for the most part is something that won't really go down in value, mm-hmm. won't really disappear. And land's the one thing God gave and said, go be fruitful and multiply over. And so it's like, well, when do we wait? If we're wanting to buy a different size house, you know, because we got four kids and, you know, it's, it's not that we can't make do. We have more yeah, than enough yeah. to do, but it's like, we're also looking at what we could and want to do. And it's keeping the perspective that uh, you might not ever get a better chance, but I'm not going to operate out of fear. Yeah, yeah. Right? I'm not going to operate. I'm going to be strategic. I'm going to try to find the best margin. I'm not going to uh, rent out my today, sacrifice my today so I can move in, or my tomorrow so I can loop, move into something today. Like Because yeah. we know the type of lifestyle we want to have yep. 10 years from now, what yep. we want to be able to put towards. So if we're, well, we could afford it, doesn't mean we should. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, so that's something that we're we're like, that, that I think anyone really should have the mindset to have. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I think um, when it comes to, trying to navigate that like decision-making of like, is, should I make, I don't want to make a decision out of fear, but mm. I also don't want to make just a decision to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially as believers, like I'm for the, the Holy spirit that can be the guide when we're trying to make these decisions, um, where you're like, man, is right now the right time to buy? Well, like I'm a big believer in the long term of, of real estate as well. So I'm like the, the age old saying where it's like, when's the best time to buy a house yesterday? Yeah. Yes. When's the second best today? <laughs> today. And the third best is going to be tomorrow. Yeah. Um. And so, like, I'm a big, I'm a big fan and believer of that. And like, we want to continue to, you know, sow and in, in into that space and, and invest. But it's one of those things, whether it's it's church buildings, whether it's building a business or whatever. Like, when's the right time? Like the economy. When's the right time to do X Y Z? And uh, it's it's so interesting of like living in that balance of trusting God, listening to the Holy Spirit. And then also just knowing that like God moves mm. in your moving. Yeah. And sometimes people get like paralysis by analysis and they're like, let me, you know, let me mm. analyze 1300 deals and find the right perfect thing. And you're like, there's no perfect time to start a business. Yeah. Um, there's no perfect time to, to, there's no perfect. It's just practice and seeing what God blesses, seeing what you feel peace on. And uh, that's just been our, our story and our journey of every every move that we've made, whether it's job changes, whether it's buildings uh, or, you know, real estate opportunities. Um, and even just like wherever we plant our feet, it's always a question before God where it's like, man, the grass can sometimes look greener, but mm-hmm. the grass I want to be in is the grass God's called me to. It's wherever um, you plant your feet. Yeah. Because yeah. anyone's become a millionaire doing anything, building these mics, Come this on. desk, Come right? On. The cameras that we got here, like a, a fence company, a landscape company. Mm-hmm. Like some people are like, well, I just want a white collar work. It's like, there's a lot of money in blue collar work. I don't know about mm-hmm. you, but plumbers make some really good money. Now it's hard work, right? Yep. Physically, but there's also great opportunity yeah. there. So if you just keep the idea that as I apply myself, any door, any yard can look luscious and beautiful. Mm-hmm. If I put a right amount of fertilizer and I mow the yeah. right amount of times, I water it enough and I can make it look immaculate. Yeah. Hundred percent agree. Hundred yeah. percent agree. Well, as we wrap up, I wanted to ask you um, one of my final questions to you is just around, um, bro. You're you're one of the the guys I look look up to when it comes to like I just know you manage your money really well. I've seen you and Kelly do it do it the right way. Um, 
And what's what are like what's the the thing that you wish people knew when it came to finances? When it came when it comes to whether it's, whether it's finances, whether it's giving to the like being generous in spirit, whether it's giving to the local ter- church, whether it's like learning how to tithe and give abundant, like very broad question. But um, yeah, uh, what, what's the one thing you wish like people knew? Like if if everyone in the world was listening right now when it came to money, it would be that you are entrusted with it. You don't own it. Mm. We went through some seasons of you know we weren't making a lot of money. And then we went to making more than we knew what to do with than to doing good. And it's like, when I had the idea that it was never mine to begin with, I can be a blessing in every season. You know, one of my favorite Bible verses, Second Corinthians 9, 8, you know, and God is able to make all grace abound to you, having all that you need and all sufficiency, you can abound in every good work. So the idea of money, money isn't necessarily a goal as it is a tool to achieve the goal. So people look at money as something that you can accumulate, but it's actually called a currency because it's meant to get into a current. Mm. It's meant to put it to use. So just like a river going somewhere, apply. you can't save yourself up to be a millionaire. You gotta be able to start businesses, invest in the right things, invest in real estate. And some of the best lessons you'll have are the most expensive and you know, where you lose a lot. And that's okay. But if you got it before, you can get it again. Mm. And one of the best revelations I feel like a person can have is that it is not a finite resource, Mm. but you can continue to accumulate it. If you've got it before, you can do it again. And, And that I'm being a steward of what God has entrusted me with. And so if I'm being a steward, and if God can have it come to me, what am I doing to get it over to God? So there's a level of, of, of sowing and reaping, which is a kingdom principle that I don't know if, I hope a lot of people grab the revelation of, is that when I put God first in the tithe, I'm returning the tithe. Mm-hmm. But there's also a level of offering that is above the tithe, and that is actually seed. So some people are like, well, great. hey man, I, 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 I've been tithing, why isn't God, well, hold on a second. Like One, did you do it to God so God could bless you? Because that's how the wrong heart. Mm-hmm. Like I'm returning to the tithe, but... Like the returning of the tithe is is like a rebuking the devourer type stuff. And but if that's your motivation, again, like it goes back to the heart and like I'm giving because I've been given so much. Yeah. Right. But there is a level that God has called us to abound in every good work. And so there's some Christianity sects that look at it as, well, I'm as poverty Christianity. And and like, well, if God called you to that, hey, more power to you. But don't curse the worst person just because they got a lot of money. Yep. Right? Guess what? They're held accountable to God for that how they steward it. What's the one thing God asked from the rich young ruler? Everything that he had because money had become his God. Mm. Thing is, is money is a lot of people's gods. Even if you don't have a lot, Mm. it can still be your God. Wow. So when I'm looking at what are you worshiping, God will ask for whatever you're worshiping. And so if it is your currency, right? So if you have the perspective, God, this is not my God. This is a tool for me to glorify my God. So if I'm looking at it from that perspective, guess what? God's actually going to ask to use it Mm. and he's going to have more come to you because you're stewarding it properly. This is a kingdom principle that can only happen through revelation, Mm. not through motivation. Well, if I do this, then I will get. Well, I don't necessarily know if that applies, but when I've been revealed that I have been entrusted, guess what? I can be trusted with what God has given me. And so I've seen that as I've opened up my hands and I live with open hands to be a good steward 
with what God has given me, he is able to make all grace abound to me. So I have more than enough than what I need and get this so I can abound in every good work. So I'm blessed to be a blessing. Mm. So one of the things, I don't carry a lot of cash with me because I'm always giving it out. <laughs> right? So I'm like, God, I'm not gonna, but now guess what? I'm seeing people go around, hey, we take Venmo. It's like, well, I guess, cause you got some of those, those phones and they get some free government phones and then people actually take Venmo yeah. for like, hey, you got five bucks and Venmo me real wow. quick. It's like, yeah. uh, no, no. <laughs> but I found is that I'm, I'm a steward. So if I live with closed hands, mm. holding on to thinking I'm never gonna get anything back, Guess what? I never have my hands open enough to be able to receive what God has coming. Mm. That's what I wish everyone got. Yeah. Man, what a powerful way uh, to wrap up our podcast. How can people find you if they want to uh, hear more from you? And uh, yeah, how can, how can people find you? Well, my phone number is... No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they could reach out on Instagram, uh, Elishon D. Nelson. Elishon's my full name. Uh, Elishon D as in Daniel Nelson. That's my Instagram tag. And that's probably the only way, actually. Yeah. So. Awesome. Or well, come to My City Church, Omaha, Nebraska. Come on. MyCityChurch.cc. That's what God's doing here in Omaha and what God is using us to do. So, yeah, awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. I hope that uh, it's been a blessing to all of you who is listening and watching. So, make sure uh, if you like this episode, drop it in the comment section, leave a review. We'd love to hear what is hitting home for you, what resonates with you, and what's encouraging. And we hope to see you in the next episode. Mm-hmm.